0: If you're just jumping in and jumping on uh, the stream, this is High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point, And we're starting a brand new teaching series today called I Need a Miracle. Before we get to that, uh, I want to encourage you to get plugged in at High Point, especially if this is your first time. Uh, you can literally fill out a digital communication card uh, and let us know that you are here. We, we'd love to pray with you even in real time. All this can, can take place at highpointatl.church, our website. And then also, as we worship this morning, I want to encourage you to give and to give generously. Uh, your, your giving helps make a difference locally here in our context, and uh, not only is it about obedience and worship, it's also literally about uh, making a difference in the lives of, of other people. Uh, so thank you for your giving and generosity today. Do you need a miracle? You ever found yourself in a situation where you did And you know what I mean by that? You're praying and you need a breakthrough. You need something to shift. You need something to happen. Maybe it's a miracle in a relationship that's gone south. Maybe it's a miracle uh, financially, job-related, parent-related, kid-related. Maybe it's physical healing-related. Most of us have been in a situation where we've needed God to come through in some way that looked uh, abnormal. In other words, it was different than just the normative course of our life. We needed a, a miracle, a breakthrough moment. That's what this series is about. I need a miracle. And today, my hope is to take you through the Scriptures and show you how the men and women of old have lived their life in such a way, in the, in the, in the Bible, in the Scriptures, where we see God showing up in miraculous ways. There's an apostle, one of the writers of the New Testament, his name is Paul, and he says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, we should be able to look at the example of spiritual leaders In the present, but also in the Bible and follow in their footsteps. Now, this is not turning God into a vending machine kind of message today where somehow Andy's going to give you the tips to get whatever you want from God. That's not what today is about. However, we do serve a God who moves miraculously. So can we not look at the example of the men and women who've gone before us and see how God has moved in their life and look at the way that they lived and begin to follow them with the hope and the faith and the expectation that God will move in the same way in our life? I think that we can. And my hope is to show you today some of the principles of how men and women have lived with big faith and seeing God move in big ways. That's what we want to see. So, with that, turn to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. One of the greatest leaders in the Bible. Uh, has just passed the baton recently. His name was Moses, and he's passing it to his, his protege, right? The young man that he's raised up, and his name is Joshua. And Joshua is preparing to take the Israelites into the promised land, the land that God has promised them. They need a miracle for this to happen. They've been wandering around in the desert for 40 years. They've run into problems here, problems there, enemies here, enemies there, resistance at every turn, obstacles around every corner, and they need God to show up in a miraculous way. So this is what we see happening in Joshua chapter 3, 7 through 8. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Go and stand in the river. I'm going to read this one more time. When you reach the edge of this river, the Jordan, go and stand in the river. In other words, you're going to need to get your feet wet. Now, if you're like me, I don't like to get my feet wet. I am not the kind of person who goes to the pool and like sits on the edge and kind of just dangles their feet over and, you know, just kind of feels refreshed. It feels good. No, I'm either all the way in or I'm not getting in at all, right? Well, here God is, he's introducing something to Israel right here and he's inviting them to get their feet wet and participate in the miracle that he's getting ready to perform. He doesn't say like go scuba diving. In the River Jordan, he asked them to get their feet wet, get off the comfort, get out of the comfort of the shore and walk out into the river. We see this same principle at work so many times in the Bible when it comes to people who need a miracle. Many times, God actually requires something of them. And if you're watching wherever you're watching from, I want you to hear this. You may be on just the edge of your seat because you are desperate for God to do something in your life. I want to charge you with this, that God hears your prayers and God will also invites you to get off of the spiritual couch and get to the street from the couch to the street in other words that your faith wouldn't just remain inactive it wouldn't just stay comfortable that it would get moving that it would be that it would grow that it would become active james writes that faith without works is dead. And so many times God is drawing us as we're praying and as we're desperate and as we're in need of Him to move, He invites us to participate and use our faith in a way that's tangible. There's a guy in the Old Testament, his name is Naaman. He's a, he was an army commander and he had leprosy and he was desperate for God to do a miracle in his life and to heal him. And he gets time with the prophet Elisha, and Elisha tells him to do what? To go bathe in the river Jordan. That's right. In other words... Naaman could have prayed and God could have healed them, but the manner in which God did this miracle was he required Naaman to actually lace up his shoes and walk somewhere and go and participate in it. It required a measure of faith and obedience, faith and works. We see Jesus inviting Peter to participate in the miracle of walking on the water by doing what? Getting out of the boat. He wouldn't have experienced anything if he didn't actually have the courage to trust Jesus and actually get out and walk. We see Jesus ministering to ten lepers. And he tells them, in the midst of them wanting to be healed, he says, Go and present yourselves to the priests. And as they go, they're healed. Jesus doesn't just snap his fingers in this moment and heal everybody, even though he could have. He invites them to use their faith. They grow by going, by doing it, by working. Faith should lead to action. I want to say that one more time. You should see the big idea on your screen that faithful prayer should produce faithful action. Faithful prayer should produce faithful action. That challenges me. Because you know what I want? I want to stay on the safety of my couch, praying and just letting God do everything. It's like many times we have the faith, you know, it's like the Friday, it's the, it's the Monday morning faith where you've got a test, right? And you didn't study it all over the weekend. But you need a miracle right now. God, give me all the answers for this test. And and in many ways, the Spirit of God is like, well, why? there's work that you can be doing to participate in this as well. And many times we have this kind of last-ditch effort prayer, you know, that we kind of wrap in this world of faith, and yet it actually has no working out either. It's it's this muddied, uh, sometimes Western theology of what it actually looks like to participate with God. In the same way, you know, maybe you have a family member that you're praying to become a Christian. Well, at some point as you're praying boldly for God to do something in their life, many times the next step as you pray is to take the the, the step of faith and speak out of your mouth the testimony that God has given you and how God has made a difference in your life. See, many times we spend this time praying, and we should. You're going to have an action step to join us in a prayer meeting at the end of the message today. But prayer should also lead to action. This should compel us. It should convict us. It should challenge us because faith without works is dead. So let me, let me explain how this might look in your life. Um, I, I mentioned the, the test. I mentioned praying for somebody who needs to come to faith. But, I, you know, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, if you're a part of our church here in Atlanta, you know that I talk about it all the time. Um, but I'm from St. Louis. I have friends that are in ministry there, uh, in different churches, et cetera, et cetera. And, and one particular church, um, they used to meet in, in a hotel, a hotel conference room, and You know, they're praying for their own building. They're praying for their own space. We at High Point Church, we know this. We know this this struggle of praying for a miracle as it pertains to a home. We get it. Well, this particular church, this is like 20 years ago, began praying for a home and they found some property off of Gravoy Road there in St. Louis. And they felt like God was saying, this is where you're supposed to build your church. This is where the home is supposed to be. So they did all the homework, and they got all the money, and they, they discovered something. This, this property was landlocked. Meaning, you could do all the work you wanted to it, but you didn't have access to build a road to the church. Meaning, you'd have a building just surrounded by fields with no way to get to it. All of the advice said, don't do this. Terrible idea. And isn't that how many times... Faith turning into works sometimes looks. Faith that that steps out. God is asking the Israelites here, the priests in particular, to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the river during flood season. This doesn't make sense. Go get your feet wet, though. In other words, put your faith into action. Do you trust me? Do you really believe me? And so, getting back to the the, the story in St. Louis, they bought the land. They stepped out in faith, believing that this is what God was telling them to do, even though it didn't, make any, it didn't make any sense. And they began to pray on the land. They had little prayer meetings on the land. They walked the land. They walked circles around the land. And lo and behold, as they prayed and prayed and prayed, one of the neighbors ended up selling all of their land. They were the ones who were the most adamant against this church being built in the first place. Yet God miraculously softened their heart. And here we have property being sold and a road being paved. And it, it turned out that they're one of the most influential churches in all of St. Louis. That's an incredible story of faith. Faithful praying turning into faithful action. In our church here, right, we've been praying for a spot and, and and this this is something I'm growing in as well. I had come home and was getting ready to coast into the weekend. I've spent all this time praying for a facility, praying for God to create a place for us to, to meet when everything settles down with COVID. You know, we're praying for a new home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've got my eyes on some places, places that don't even make sense that God has put, you know, in our heart. And I had just changed into my relaxing clothes, right? Now, you know what I mean by that. Like, you've had meetings, you come home, Right, Or maybe you change out of your Zoom shirt right? because everybody still has gym shorts on during Zoom. But you've got that shirt that's tattered. You wouldn't want necessarily anybody to see you in. I'm changing into those kinds of clothes because I'm getting ready to kick it on the couch. And lo and behold, somebody from the church calls and says, Hey, I'm about 15 minutes away from this particular property. I think I heard you say that this is a place you'd love to pray over. Why don't you meet me there and let's walk around it and pray. And I didn't want to go. (laughs) Do you know why? Because it's a lot more comfortable for my faith to stay safe and sound sitting on the couch. Yet God was asking me to get my feet wet. Just like he's asking you to get yours wet. And so I went back upstairs, changed back into my clothes, got into my car. Even though I was already preparing in my heart for the weekend, I got out there and we began to pray. And we began to pray and walked around it and began to pray. The real estate agent just so happened to be in the area uh, as we were praying. If you're thinking that I have news for you right now that we have a brand new building given to us or something like that, I don't. I don't know what God's going to do. But here's what I know. I know that faithful praying should produce faithful action. And I'm expecting God to move in miraculous ways. I'm expectant. And because I'm expectant, this produces a kind of action inside of me. I've got to do something with this. God's calling you to do the same thing. Oh, there are plenty of times where God just moves out of your desperation because you desperately need Him to. But how many times do we miss the move of God because we're unwilling to get off of the couch and put our faith into action? Do something with what God has put in your heart and soul. And so here is your question that you have to ask yourself today. God, what... Are you asking me to do? How can I move my faith into action this week? How can I move my faith into action this week? Uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 15 says, The Jordan was at flood stage all during harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. The water literally stopped, the current stopped. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Ereba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. We're talking about hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people. These people needed a miracle. And the way they experienced it and the way they encountered it was by trusting the character and nature of God to actually do what He was asking them to do. And in this particular case, it meant lacing up their shoes and getting off from the safety of the shore and getting into the middle of the river and letting God meet them there. And in the same way, some of you need to get going with your faith and actually put it into action, put it into play. If you praying for that person be the person who also goes and makes a difference in their life open your mouth share the good news of Jesus pray for them if you're someone who needs a financial miracle what is it that you need to do in this moment to move from faith into action you need physical healing relational healing financial healing what do you need to do this week To put your faith into action. What do you need to do? Ask God. Pray. Ask Him. And obey. Father, thank you. We love you and worship you. God, we want to be the kind of people who believe, who have big faith. And God, we also want to be the kind of people who have big courage. The courage to trust you and step out in ways that, Lord, are uncomfortable, yet we're believing for you to move and meet us. God, we need a miracle in our country. We need miracles in our communities, in our homes, in our hearts. Speak to us in this moment. Lead us and help us to be obedient with what you're asking us to do. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I'm so glad to worship with you this morning, church. Here's your one action step this week, and that is to take a step of faith, rearrange your schedule, and join us on Wednesday mornings for prayer. Because stepping out in faith begins first by cultivating a prayer life where you're hearing from God and you're growing in your faith with Him. You've got to hear from Him. You've got to be led by Him. And so it begins with prayer. Grab your phone, set an alarm for 7.30 uh, Wednesday. You're going to hear about it uh, again here in just a moment. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.